This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. They're doubling me up tonight. Good to see all of you. Glad you're with us. If you're watching live stream, glad to have you again tonight. Bless all. I hope you had a good week and good week of school for all your little blessings. Some of you ought to be real thrilled they're back in school, huh? Well, maybe not. Bless all of you. Uh, if you've got your Bible, why don't you open to the book of Proverbs chapter 3. We'll give you an opportunity to give. We appreciate your giving. Again, all the ways you can give are on the live stream. I mean, not the live stream, the overhead. Proverbs chapter 3. Before I get going there tonight, um, right here sitting down here by me was Pastor Julie and Tucker Smotherman, Pastor Troy's wife and son. And so uh, we're glad to have them. Actually, we may be seeing a little more of them that he's going to spend his senior year here in Lubbock going to school. So this is who this is, all right? So bless them. Amen. Good to have you guys. Yeah, clap. Many of you remember Pastor Troy. All right, I'm going to read Proverbs 3, starting in verse 9. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Better stated, honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the first fruits of all your increase. So really he's saying honor him with your wealth and honor him with the first fruits of your increase. So when you look at the first fruits of the increase, what he's talking about there is your best. Your best. He doesn't say honor him with your leftovers. Honor him with your first fruit. Do you know there's a huge blessing on the first fruit? You know why there's such a blessing on it? Because you, you honor him with that before you've done anything else. And so it's a step of faith. And you know, a lot of people think, well, I'll, I'll honor him after I've paid all my bills. That's not what he said. And so there's a huge blessing on this. How big of a blessing? Look at verse 10. So that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, if you were to really study that out there, where it talks about overflow and abundance like he's done, it will cross-reference you back to the blessing in Deuteronomy 28. Precisely, verse 8. So for me to honor the Lord with my possessions and the first fruit, there's a blessing that's attached to it, but I'm going to give you a little nugget here, okay? Verse 10 doesn't happen unless I obey verse 9. Thank you for that one amen. One of you are excited. And so again, think about that right there. I I love to, to talk about the blessing, the overflow, the abundance, but again, the Lord's saying, man, you got to honor me. Honor me with all your fruit. And so I can tell you this, of doing this for many, many years of our life, and I've seen the blessing of God on me over and over. And there's many of you in here can, can attest to that too. So again, let the word of God challenge you, all right? Why don't you bow your head and let's pray. Father God, we love you. We honor you again tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to give. And I, I thank you, Father God. That when you say we honor you with our first fruits and our best, that you're the God who takes notice. And so, Lord, we thank you for being faithful. Even in the area of finances, we're honored to call you Jehovah Jireh, the provider tonight in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. All right, well, if you got your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, I'm just going to give you some little nuggets on the area of faith again. I love to do this on Wednesday night. And so as we go back to kind of review, as you're turning to Hebrews 11, 
Remember last week, we were, we were in the book of Numbers, and we were talking about the Israelites. And remember that the Lord said to the Israelites, he said, I want you to go spy out the land that I'm giving you. Now remember, he said, I'm going to give it to you. And so they selected 12, 12 of the, the Israelites that were the spies to go in there. And so before the spies went in there, I believe this was a life-defining moment. That every one of us have life-defining moments, and those are nothing more but like an open book test. And, and so we know this, that out of the 12 spies, 10 of them flunked the test because they got over in fear, they got over in disobedience, and they never made it in. And so then their open book test, in that, in that moment, they flunked. Now, I'm going to ask you something right here. Here's your little, little, little question that maybe someone can answer in here. Out of the 10 spies that never went in, can anyone in here tell me just one of those 10 guys' names? I, I can't either. Can anyone? Anybody tell me who the one of the... They're listed. But I bet most of us in here can tell you the two that did go in. Joshua and Caleb. And so again, I highlight this just for the view of saying, man, those are the guys I want to be like. I want my, my moments, my life-defining moments to count. And so in these areas, it happens by the way I obey God or I don't. So we begin Hebrews 11, verse 6, very, very popular verse. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. One translation says, without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please him. Now, let me read it one more time. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Impossible. So if I believe that statement is true, which I believe it's true because the Bible says it is, if it's impossible to please God, if I am a human being that desires to please God, I better learn everything I can about this thing called faith. I better study, I better dive into it again because evidently this is a big deal with God. So he goes on to say, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. So there's a choice in there for me to come to God. God will never make me come to it. But when I come to God, I must believe that he is. I must believe that he is who he says he is. And you know what the Bible says? There is no other God. There's only one God. Now, the world will tell you there's a bunch of God. The, the world will tell you there's many ways to heaven. I don't believe so, okay? I choose differently. There's only one God, and there's only one way to heaven, okay? And that's through the great Jehovah and the Lord Jesus. He goes on to say this. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God does what? He rewards those who diligently, earnestly, passionately seek him. He's a rewarder. You know what that tells me? God loves to reward his children. And let me ask you something here and here since most of you are parents. How many of you ever rewarded your children? Every one of us. 
You reward them for what? Obeying you. You may reward them, you know, when they make their bed. You may reward them because they've done good in school or something. But I don't believe in here that any of us have ever rewarded our children for disobeying. You know, Charlie, you didn't take out the trash today, but I'm going to go ahead and reward you. And so again, we see something that happens with Father God, that Father God loves to reward. But he said, I reward those who diligently, not, not part-time, not, not a Sunday morning Christian, but an all-the-time Christian. He says, I reward those who diligently seek him. It becomes a passion to seek God. And the way that happens is I fall in love with God. I fall in love with the Word. I love to fellowship with God. I, I love to praise God. I love to worship God, even though I don't sing very good. Actually, I sing rather bad. But it still doesn't change the fact that I'm going to worship God and I'm going to praise God. So when we see what he talks about diligently, a couple of weeks ago I read in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, and it said, be steadfast. Be immovable. Remember that word be means to live it. Live steadfast. In other words, don't be wishy-washy. Don't be a yo-yo Christian where you're up one day and down the next day. And I mean, it's got to come in our hearts. I'm going to seek God today. I'm going to seek the presence of God. I'm going to seek his face today. Now turn with me to the book of Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. And so one of the great things we need to learn to do with Father God is believe that he's, he's all that he says he is. That he'll do everything he says he'll do. You know, I can be what the Bible says I can be. I can have what the Bible says I can have. And I can do what Jesus says I can do. And so I begin to live that way. And that's why it's important to get into the Word of God and find out what the Word of God says, what God says to each one of us. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Then he, the Lord Jesus, went out from there. And he came to his own country, which was the area of Nazareth, which is in the area of the Sea of Galilee. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. So what we see here is Jesus returns to his own city, Nazareth. The disciples are with him. And the Sabbath comes around. And note what Jesus did on the Sabbath. He went to the synagogue, and when he went to the synagogue, what did he do in there? He began to teach them. He began to teach them the Word of God. He taught them the Scriptures. And when you look at Jesus' life, over and over in these areas, this is what you'll find, Jesus. He always taught them the Word. Why would Jesus do that? Because he knew faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So he says here, he taught them the Word, and many hearing him. Many were hearing him teach the Word of God. Now, to hear the Word of God is very important for every one of us. I just quoted Romans 10, 17. Faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So they're hearing Jesus speak the Word. But how many of you found out? Hearing's a good thing, but it's not the end thing. Hearing won't get you where you need to be. And so we hear the Word, and then we got to get to a place where we believe the Word. Hearing's good, believing's good, but believing won't get you there either. 
How do you know that? Well, a few weeks ago we read this. Remember James 2, 19, the the, uh, apostle James, he said this. Even the demons believe. Even the demons believe. And so we got to hear the word. We got to believe the word. And then this is a good one to write down. James 1, 22, he says in there, Be doers of the word and not hearers only because when all I do is hear the word and I don't do the word, it says you deceive yourself. So again, I can hear the word and it's good to hear the word of God. You're never going to believe the word of God without hearing the word of God. But again, that's that's just the steps I got to get. You want to see God move in your life? Start obeying the word of God. Start obeying what it says. So Jesus is preaching the word, and they hear the word of God, and they were astonished. They were astonished. They were profound, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? And so when you look at here, they're, they're thinking, man, he's got incredible insight into the scripture. He, he's so wise. And so Jesus has a wow effect on him, like, wow, wow. Verse 3. Is this not the carpenter? Is this not the carpenter? Now, if you begin to look at this, now they're beginning to kind of critique him like, this is the carpenter. Who who does he think he is? Getting up here with all this wisdom. He's just the carpenter. That's what he does for a living. And then he goes on to say, the son of Mary. I know his mom and the brother of James. I knew his brother James. I I played on the golf team with James. I know his brother Joseph. He worked at Burger King. I know I'm really ad-libbing here, okay? Judas, he was a bag boy at Walmart. And I remember Simon. I had him in, in literature class. And then he says, are not these his sisters with us? So what he begins, or what they begin to do, I I begin to believe they they measured him in in human ways. As far as, there's no way this guy can be doing those things. And it ultimately says here, and they were offended at Jesus. The message says, they tripped and fell because of Jesus. They were perplexed because they knew about his background. And so it stopped them right there. And so here Jesus is on the Sabbath in the synagogue teaching the word of God. And he's very aware of their thoughts and their comments. Verse 4. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now, Jesus throws a word in here. He said, 
I'm without honor. The, the word honor means to assign value. It also means to be precious, an appreciation, to esteem, to regard. But the anonym of honor would be to dishonor, to show no value, to not esteem, to not regard. And so when I think about the word honor here, honor is, is viewed or released in my words, my actions, my behaviors, my attitudes. And so when I honor what God honors, I esteem, I lift up. But when I dishonor what God says to honor, I stop the move of God that God desires to happen. And so Jesus highlights something here and he said, there was no honor. Verse number five. Now he could do no mighty work there. He could do no mighty work. He couldn't do any mighty work there. Now there's many times I've looked at this and I've sat there and looked at it and I've thought over and over. He wouldn't do anything there. But that's not what it said. It said he couldn't. So that statement right there, couldn't, it reveals here that something was restraining him. That he was unable. And sometimes I've looked at this, and this may be a question you get tonight. He's the son of God. He can do whatever he wants. Evidently not. That it says he couldn't. If he wouldn't have, that means he chose to withhold. But he couldn't, that means that he could not do the things he desired to do. So I read this, and this is where I put us in the story. How many times have I limited Jesus from doing what he desired to do because I didn't show any honor? Again, my honor is revealed in my words. That's why it's so important to praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It is revealed in my attitude. See, obedience is shown in my action. Honor is showed in my attitude. So many times you hear me use this illustration that I remember as a young boy, my job was to take the trash out. Cold day, hot day, rainy day. My job is, to, your job is to take the trash out. You got it? Now I lived in a home, I got it. Because if you didn't get it, you were going to get it, okay? One way or another, you were going to get it. So I knew every day. You're taking the trash out. So all the way out to the dumpster. I obeyed because it showed in my action. But I didn't honor. I did it, but I belly ached and complained and moaned and groaned all the way out there. And so in this situation, I wonder how many times Jesus has wanted to do stuff in my life. But I come in here. 
and, and, and I treat Jesus like the big sugar daddy in the sky, I don't want to praise him. I'm not real happy about being here. But yet when I need something, come on, Jesus, move, 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 move. But what would happen if we begin to honor what God says to honor? I can give you a list of several things he says to honor. He says, children, Ephesians 6, honor your mother and father, which is the first commandment with promise, that it will be well with you and long life on the earth. We're to honor in our marriage. We're to honor those in authority. We're to honor government officials, all in the book of Romans. So right here, it says that the Lord Jesus, he could not do mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and he healed them. Just a few. Just a few. So I'm looking at the word few today and I'm looking at thinking, he just did a few. So were there just a few who honored him? I believe probably so. I know there was many in there that had needs. Verse 6. And Jesus marveled because of their unbelief. He was amazed because of their unbelief. He was amazed because of their stubbornness, the depth of their unbelief. He was amazed. He marveled. You can do a word study in your Bible, but there's only two places in the New Testament that he marveled. Right here in Mark 6, he marveled at their unbelief. And then if you were to go to the book of Matthew, chapter 8, verses 5 through 10, many of you remember this. We were there a few weeks ago. The, the Roman centurion, the military officer, and remember he's the one who said to Jesus, don't come to my house. Just give the command. Just say a word and my servant will be healed. And when Jesus hears him explaining that he understands authority, that he honors authority, Jesus' exact words, it says, he marveled because of his great faith. Jesus was very aware of ones that honored him and the ones that didn't honor him. Woohoo! So what would happen if I begin to honor him? My actions, my attitude. You know, there's a woman in Luke chapter 7 who it says she was a sinner, basically a well-known sinner. And she found out where Jesus was. And at first she went and stood by his feet. And then ultimately she bowed at his feet. And she began to cry so hard that she washed his feet with her tears. And then she took her hair and washed them off and she anointed his feet with perfume. I believe one of the greatest examples of honor is the bow. 
And she, she doesn't care who saw her. Now just think about this a second. For her to wash his feet with her tears, that's some serious crying. I mean, I, I think she was so moved and honored. And, and here the Bible says she was a known sinner. But yet, Jesus didn't say, woman, get up and go. You need to get your act together. No, he just loved her because of her honor. Turn with me to the book of, of Isaiah chapter 29. Honor is essential to receive, guys. It's essential. I, I believe that honor is a magnet to God's blessing and God's favor. When I, I live with great honor to him, Isaiah chapter 29. I'm just going to read one verse in here. And I hope this doesn't describe you. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people, they, they draw near me with their mouths. They, they, they know the right things to say. And they honor me with their lips. They're pretenders. But they've removed their hearts far from me. And the fear, the reverence, the worship toward me is taught by the commandments of men. And so I can come in here and I can give lip service. I know how to speak in Christianese. Oh, praise the Lord. Glory to God. But when my heart's not in it, Jesus, he, he sees it. He recognizes it. So here's my thought. If we're going to come to church, why do we want to be a bunch of counterfeit Christians? Man, I want to come to church. I want to worship God. I want to praise God. It's one of the highlights of my week, Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings with you guys. Just when the saints come marching in and we get together. I'm, I'm serious. It's one of the highlights of my week. Turn to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2. Mm, another good one. Just let these, these verses kind of soak in you here tonight. Verse 30. Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I indeed said that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says... Far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. They shall be scorned. They shall be demeaned. Better stated, those who withhold honor shall be lightly esteemed. They go beneath his notice and it says, you won't even be noticed and, and your prayers and your needs will be disregarded. That's exactly what that means. So I want to show him honor. I want to honor God. I want to honor the Lord Jesus. So I heard this story about a man of God. Loved Jesus. He was an American minister. 
love Jesus. And he goes over to one of the African nations. And he goes into to their church. And he sits right here on the front row. And he's sitting by the pastor. And as the service started, one right after the other would come before him and some would bow. Some would get on their knees. Some would wash his feet. And he looked at the pastor and says, hey, I don't like that. I, I don't want them doing that for me. I'm, I'm, just an, I'm just a man. I'm American, but I'm just a man. And the pastor looked at him and said, are you the man of God? And he said, I am. And he said, let me tell you something. They're not honoring you. They're honoring the gift that God placed in you. And he said, it began to change that I realized they knew that when a man of God came into their presence and they would honor the gift. And the Lord Jesus talks about that in Ephesians 4. If you look at it, he said, I gave gifts unto men. Some apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. And so they knew there's a gift that God placed with him. And when I honor what God says to honor, there's a blessing. And he said, the move of God took place unlike anything I ever saw. And he said, when I came back to America... Nothing happened. He said the only place in America where people really understand honor is in the military and in the prison system. And when I read that, I thought, now that's really interesting. And so this guy understood, man, something happens when we honor the things of God. I'm going to honor you. One last verse. And then I'm going to tell you one more story. Book of Proverbs, chapter 18. Proverbs 18. Ooh, I'm jumping all over here. Got you going all through the Bible tonight. Proverbs 18. Verse 3. When the wicked comes, contempt comes also. And with this honor comes reproach or to find shame. So right here he's talking about you're going to find fault and, and you're going to humiliate, degrade, or disgrace or disgrace, disgrace instead of honor. And so it's like the Lord right here. He puts something in every one of our hearts. And you know, honor is something that I choose to give. I don't have to give honor. But honor is something I give. And so I begin to think on these lines here about this stuff called honor. And I thought, when a judge walks into the courtroom, what do they say? All rise. Why? Because they'll call him the honorable judge so-and-so. If you've ever been to a marriage, what happens when the bride starts coming down the aisle? The father-in-law cries. No, I'm just kidding. 
he does. <laughs> I've got a good son-in-law, but I still cry. But anytime you, I don't know why I'm telling you that. Anytime you do a, a wedding, when the bride comes in, what do you say? All rise. Let's, let's honor the bride today. You go to the funeral. When the family comes walking in, what do you say? All rise. Why? It's a form of honor. I, I honor the family. I, I, I honor the, the institution of the marriage covenant. I, I honor the, the authority that God has placed within a courtroom. But when it comes to honoring the Lord Jesus, I don't want to show honor. I don't want people to think I'm weird. But yet, even in this passage that we read there in Mark 6, Jesus fully understood this. And so this is kind of how my little mind works right now. If President Trump came walking in tonight, some of you may say, well, I hate his guts. Some of you may say, I love him. Whether you hate him or love him, you would still rise and stand. Why? Because of the position of the president of the United States. We would rise and say. So I give all these earthly examples. But what about the king of kings and the Lord of lords? What about our father? The son of God. I honor you tonight, Lord Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet here with me. And I take us back into Mark 6. You heard the word of God tonight. And remember in the beginning of Mark 6, when they were astonished at his teaching... And they had heard about all the miracles he had done. They were told over, man, this Jesus, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. And he's incredible. But that night he only could do a few things. Did they limit him? Absolutely. And so I go back to what I said. How many times in my life have I limited Jesus because of my lack of honor? And so I won't ask for a show of hands tonight. But is there something in here you would like Jesus to do for you? To bless you? To forgive you? To love you? To heal you? To set you free? It may be a night that I, I just want to sit at the feet of Jesus. I, I, I want to be like the woman who is a sinner. I just want to come to you and say, thank you. Thank you for love. I don't want anything tonight, Lord. I just want to love you. I just want to honor you. And so now for about a month, and remember you, many of you remember, I told you about that book I was studying that night with the praise and worship team. Man, I, I can't get away from it. I, I bow all the time now. So I'm never going to force you. It's your decision. 
these last few minutes. Let's just honor Jesus. You may want to raise your hand. You may want to bow. You can bow right there where you can come down to the altar and bow. Let's honor him tonight, okay? I don't want to get to heaven and Jesus look and say, I couldn't do anything mighty in Faith Church of Lubbock because of your stinking unbelief. Come on, let's worship him. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.